millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Aguero gets on the end of it, tries a shot, oh! and he's done it! Sergio Aguero's found the angle. He always scores against Liverpool at the Etihad, and that is a stunning strike. From Sergio Aguero. And it's Alexandrano from the left-hand side. He played a good ball into the far post. It might be a chance for Liverpool. Firmino! It's the equaliser. Manchester City 2, Liverpool 1. And Leroy Sané has found the angle. A sublime finish with 19 minutes to go. It is all over. Manchester City have a big, big win at the Etihad. They have cut back that deficit. It is now four points that separate Liverpool and Manchester City. City on a night that had it all. It's a special Premier League preview show, review show pod this week as we reflect on Thursday's match between Manchester City and Liverpool and take a halfway stage breather before the FA Cup third round to assess just how everyone's been getting on. I'm Tom Rennie. On today's show, I'll be joined by the former Manchester United and Huddersfield winger, now author Ben Thornley, plus the former West Ham and Man City captain Steve Lomas. If you're listening to this programme on a radio station, you can download an extended podcast search for TalkSport Premier League Preview Show on Acast, iTunes, Spotify or any other good podcast provider. We start with Steve Lomas following Thursday's clash between Manchester City and Liverpool. Yeah, what a game it was at the Etihad on Thursday. Steve Lomas and I were calling the game for our broadcast partners around the world. Steve, thanks for making some time for the preview show again. Always great to have you with us uh, on the show. And I suppose we're talking after City have got right back in the title race. So as a former City captain, you must be over the moon with that. Yeah, I think for the league, everybody wanted it, apart from obviously the Liverpool fans. Um, I think if Liverpool would have went 10 points clear with their newfound defensive resilience, they would have been hard to claw back. But I think overall, it wasn't a classic. It was an intriguing game. Um, but Man City just looked like they wanted it more. And um, they just about edged it for me, Tom. Will it help Man City? Has it helped Man City? Did it help Man City in the game that they're not miles out in front? Has it helped City having someone to chase? I'm thinking about Pep's time at Bayern Munich and Barcelona when they've been miles out in front and the accusation's always been, well, it's done by March, so April and May, there's nothing to play for. Could we be in for 
17 games here of a Pep Guardiola team chasing and, as you say, wanting it more than anyone else. Well, I think for the neutral, yes, of course. But for Pep Guardiola, no. He would have wanted to win it with maybe even beating his record total that he had last season. But... All credit must go to Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp and the people behind the scenes. They've identified the weakness, which was in defensive areas last year. They've resolved it. They went out and put their money where their mouth is. Van Dijk, 75 million. Alisson, 60 million. Mm. You know, and they've been helped for me. And, 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 and Klopp, this is where Klopp's got to take a lot of credit. He's made the younger players better. Robertson, Trent Arnold, Gomez. Mm. You know, so they, they have come on leaps and bounds. And, and like I say, up until last night, it was eight goals in 20 games. Mm. And, um, you know, but I just felt the game, City knew they were in last chance saloon. And I'm not saying that Liverpool, but it's not often the right worked. And I thought Man City outworked them off the ball and the likes of Bernardo Silva snapping in the tackles, Fernandinho, you know, being that anchor man. I just think they knew they needed it more. It's funny looking at Bernardo Silva. I look at him and I think about Ander Herrera at Man United. Came into Man U and was a kind of creative talent and Mourinho turned him into this kind of Roy Keane light figure. That's almost happened to Bernardo Silva with the work rate, but he retains the creativity and the brilliance on the ball as well. I thought in the game, I know you said it in commentary that he was probably man of the match and I absolutely agree. I thought he was fantastic on the night. Yeah, you could see he was up for it and I think... That's when Fernandinho's back. I think he makes players around him better. He demands them to do that. They look at him and he's a, he's that leader in midfield, snapping about, making tackles. And even the likes of David Silva, who didn't have the greatest of game, was running around, making tackles. Sani, who didn't have a great game, scored the winner. But I think that's what Fernandinho brings to the game. Not only his presence in front of the back four, but he makes other players better. Thing is with David Silva, to paraphrase Rod Stewart, bald people have more fun. <laughs> is that right? I think that's fair to say. He's grown his hair back and he's lost it. That's the way it goes. Be bald, be better. Um, let's talk a bit about uh, a little bit about that Man City defence. Uh, it was Danilo, Company, Stones, and the Port. Uh, the Port has played there back in a few games. He did it against Liverpool uh, either early this season or last year. He certainly played there against the Reds. I don't think it worked particularly well. Danilo, I'm not too sure about, and also. Vincent Company having to go off for the last two minutes. I mean, he's always going to have issues injury-wise, but, I mean, there was a moment in that game where they were going to make another change. Jesus was stripped off and ready to come on. They had to say, no, 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 the guy, the guy's injured. You've got to take him off again. I'm talking about City with regards to the money they've spent. There's a potential, you know, for a transfer ban down the line, a European ban, all that sort of stuff, investigations going on. We're in January. Will we see a left-back come in? To, re to replace Mendy, who's always injured himself. We can't see Fabian Delft back in that role. He's a liability himself. What do we see in January from City? Well, it's interesting. It's always difficult to get January signings in. Will he go for a stopgap? I, I don't think so. I think he'll look at Laporte. Yeah, he looked uncomfortable. But will he, will he see it through? I'm not certain. I think from Liverpool's point of view, they didn't expose that enough for me. They didn't get enough quality up to Mane and Salah to really put Danilo and Laporte under pressure, especially he got a booking quite early. Um, they didn't expose that and enough for me. I think you look at Liverpool's goal, it was a mistake for me. Danilo at the far post, he didn't defend well enough. And if you're asking me, yes, I think a look at Man City's back four and it is a little bit of weakness now with company coming towards the end. 
you know, he, he obviously, like you said, he had to come out with that little bit of a strain. But I would be surprised if he does anything in January. But, listen, if something becomes available, certainly left-back is an area with Mendy that is, that is a problem. And I think... The other area, the big area, and you would never have thought it is a holding midfielder because if Fernandinho goes missing, you know, it, it's a big blow for City and they certainly suffer. As we've seen in recent times. Um, what about Sergio Aguero? We've, we've got to talk about him. Uh, during the commentary, it's funny, I've always got a huge, huge pack of stats <laughs> about Sergio Aguero because he's broken so many records. It's unbelievable. It's it's 250 career league goals. It's 7-7 seven seven for Liverpool, of course, we already know. He's their top scorer. Uh, in history, he's the top league scorer, he's the top European scorer, he's the top Argentinian scorer, he's the top scorer with dyed blonde hair, he's the most attractive silver fox striker in the game. I mean, there's so many things about Sergio Aguero. And, you know, it's funny, people were putting together their combined teams and it's all Liverpool players, only three or four City, but, but everyone put Sergio Aguero in. When you've got someone that clinical, uh, and we saw in the game it was so even, but he can just keep making that difference. Well, he's a silver fox, Tom, but he's got the golden touch around the box. Oh, and, and, very and nice. there you go, thank you, leads into that one. <laughs> but, uh, no, listen, it was almost a half chance and... You know, Lovren was caught in his heels, but he, he's great at getting across the defenders last minute. They don't see him coming, low centre of gravity, but the chance, very little backlift, and the power that he generated. I was a bit critical of Alisson, but the power he creates and, and hitting it on target, probably the only space that he can score he hits it in there and he's just got that knack we spoke about it 250 league goal we probably said he only had 500 chances to get them <laughs> 250 goals he had another chance where Alisson made a save but it's it's hard to be we were talking about it last night weren't we Tom that at, you know 12 months ago they were looking at that, that bizarrely Sergio Aguero might leave the club and Jesus is going to take over him. It was absolutely diabolical to think. And, and Jesus might become a great player, but he's never, ever going to be as clinical as Sergio Aguero. I wonder if anyone ever will be. Uh, we'll get to Liverpool in a minute. I've got loads of questions about them. We've got to analyse them. Of course, they're the league leaders uh, going into the FA Cup third round weekend. But... But a few phone-in shows, uh, certainly in America, where a lot of fans have called in and they've said City's focus is the Champions League, whereas Liverpool's is the Premier League. And, and that maybe is where this title race might be won and lost. Of course, we've watched the game and you mentioned a few times now, you mentioned during the commentary that it looked like City wanted it more. Do you think when we get through to, 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 Jan to the end of January, to February, when the Champions League comes back and when they get, I'm sure, through in, in, in the next qualifying round, that their focus might be taken off at City? Do you, do you buy into that? The Champions League is more important for one and not the other? No, I don't think so, because you know it's, you know it's over two legs uh, and, and it's a cup game and anything can happen. You know, I think one thing's for certainly wants to win the league. You know, the owners, I think, probably want to win the Champions League more, but Pep Guardiola will want to win this league. There's no doubt. And I think key for him is in the next three or four weeks, can he get Kevin De Bruyne a few matches? Can he stay fit? He's had a couple of problems, issues with his knee, so it's a fine balancing act. You want to get a match games, but obviously you've got to tread careful. You don't want another reoccurrence of the knee injury because I think that would be the season over for Kevin De Bruyne. Y you hope and pray that Fernandino don't get doesn't get injured. And and on the same terms you look at Liverpool, the one irreplaceable player for me is Virgil van Dijk. If yep. he gets injured you'd really worry because he's the leader at the back and you looked he held that back line together, making numerous blocks against Man City last night. 
Uh, we'll get to Liverpool next. One final question on Man City. Three losses this season, um, which is you know an incredible amount for them, really. Uh, if we look at that and extrapolate it to the second half of the season, looking at five to six losses, is that too many? Do, do they need to go from now to the end without losing again to be champions? Well, listen, a lot depends on if Liverpool continue the run that, that they're on. It's going to be very difficult, isn't it? Um, they'd have to be nearly pitch perfect. Um, but... That being said, now they've applied the pressure to Liverpool. It'd be interesting to see how they respond over the next four or five weeks. I think they've had a lot, got a lot of the main games out of the way. Mm. Um, you know, you looked at these games, you wouldn't have thought they would have lost to Crystal Palace. You wouldn't have thought they'd have lost to Leicester. You know, that's where Liverpool have been better. They've blown them teams away where Man City has struggled at times. Right, that's City. When we come back, want to talk about Liverpool. They are still the league leaders, but it all sort of changes the complexion of the Premier League following their first loss of the season. That's next on the Preview Show Review Show. Right, let's talk about Liverpool. Uh, their first loss of the season um, against Manchester City on Thursday night. Uh, it may well do them a favour in the long run. It, it's something that, that sometimes does help. It kind of helped City last year. We stopped talking about invincibles, unbeaten seasons and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Steve Lomas with us here on the preview show. Uh, one of Liverpool's performance, a lot of this season, we've spoken about the fact that Salah, Firmino and Mane haven't quite clicked as, as fluidly as they did last season. Was that the case on Thursday? I think it was the case, but I think also as well, I don't think the service, you know, obviously Klopp went for a more workmanlike and Henderson, Wijnaldum and James Milner, they didn't get enough quality service and that was partly because Man City were at it, like we spoke about last night. They played like a team they knew they were in the last chance saloon and the closing down was excellent. They didn't allow them to settle, they pressed high, they didn't allow that service to go in easily um, to... Mo Salah and Mane, and the one time that, that, that Mo Salah did have that little bit of great intricate play, he turned, he played a 1-2 with Firmino and then fed Sadie Mane in, and the post came to the rescue, but that didn't happen often enough from Liverpool's point of view. Uh, FA Cup this weekend, uh, on Monday, Liverpool will go to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, does it do them a favour? They've got a little break from the Premier League now. Liverpool a chance to lick their wounds or would they like to be playing Premier League action immediately? No, I think it gives them a little bit of break to, to regroup and maybe get some of the other squad players' games under the belt. I'm looking at Nebi Keita, you're looking at Fabinho Kimon, Adam Alana. Gives them a little bit of break to maybe rest them up and freshen them up a little bit and I think he'll probably take the opportunity to do that. So Liverpool's unbeaten run at the start of the season ends in match 21. Only Arsenal in 2003, of course, Invincibles, 38 games. Man U in 2010-11, 24, and City last year, 22, have had longer unbeaten runs at the start of a season. And I suppose it'll take a couple of days, understandably so, but the first half of the season, plus the couple of games, has been phenomenal for Liverpool. How long does it take as a player and, and part of the group to recover from a loss like this and, and kind of reflect on what a great start it's been so far, season it's been so far. And I think that's what Klopp's got to do. He's got to say, well, you know what, we've been beaten by a team who can beat anybody on their day. They've been superb. Let's not get away from the fact of where we're at, how far we have come. And we're talking about maybe from the sort of second half of last season, they've just steamrolled on. I do think, 
he would love to have Mane, Mo Salah and Firmino on the form they were last year because they've certainly improved defensively as a unit uh, and as a team. But, but listen, they've got to be delighted. You know, up until last night, eight goals. They've only uh, conceded 10 goals in 21 games. Mm. It's fantastic form. It's championship form. Uh, and obviously... You know, Man City can beat anybody, and uh, and that's what way I think he'll take it. He'll have a bit of a freshen up, give some players a rest in the cup, and then they'll come out firing again. I mean, the way the league is, they can still afford to lose another game, win the rest, which is obviously a, a very tall order in itself, and still be Premier League champions. They still have that four-point cushion over Man City, still got that six-point cushion over Tottenham Hotspur, who are still in this race. I, I'm not having all this Tottenham can't win it. There's not enough points there to suggest Tottenham can't win it. So I'm still thinking of it as three. Will they be able to go the rest of this season without losing again? Do they have the ability, the quality? Because, it's, I mean, they ain't got to play Man City again. Yeah. Who else can beat them? Well, I think, yeah, 100%. You look at the bench as well. You've got the likes of Shaqiri, got Daniel Sturridge, you know, They've spent money. I think there's more competition for places. Adam Alan is now back. Mm. So I think, yeah, they have got the squad to do it. Like anything, you've got to steer clear of injuries to key players and suspensions. Yeah. And But uh, listen, I think they'll bounce back. You know, they could have nicked the draw last night. You know, probably wouldn't have deserved it, but John Stones clears it off the line. You know, Edison makes a great save from Mo Salah. I just felt that, that the team that needed it more won. And um, But I think it's all about bouncing back. It's all about reinstating the positives that they have done over the course of this first 21 games and going again. Uh, and you mentioned what Klopp does, uh, trying to get that mindset into his players. But, but what does he, does he actually do? Does he maybe take them away? Does he give some players a holiday? What's the best way to manage the, the team now? I mean, you've been a manager, of course, a top player as well. What, what's the best way to handle this situation for Jurgen Klopp? What's the next seven days like? Well, I think it's not to dwell on it. I think, you know... They've come, Man City needed it more, they, they got the performance in, could have nicked the draw on a different day, but it's not to dwell on it, it's to dwell on the positives. I think it's, listen, I don't know who needs a rest, who's carrying little knocks, them players that are carrying little knocks, maybe you wrap in cotton wool and give them a week away with their families or five days away, or they just don't train for a bit, a bit of time at home. You're looking for me, you're looking at key players. The one that stands out is Virgil van Dijk, you know, maybe a Mo Salah, give them a bit of a break. You've got ad adequate replacements now this year in Shaqiri. Mm. Um, Firmino as well does an awful lot of work. Hasn't probably been in the form whether he needs a wee break, a wee freshen up and give Daniel Sturridge a, a chance in the cup. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things. I don't know the ins and outs of it, sure. what way you look at it. But, listen, it's not to dwell and it's been a sensational first half of the season. I'm just looking forward to seeing some of those Instagram shots on the beach the Liverpool players tend to give me. Daniel Sturridge in Dubai, it's like my lifeblood in, in January. Uh, one final <laughs> question on Liverpool before I do want to move on to some other quick bits. Uh, it is the January transfer window. You mentioned how deep the squad is a couple of times there. Do you think they might look at the market is there anywhere that, that they could improve I think Mapix and um, Gomez are not far away that's a good thing I think they maybe be back at the tail end of the month so probably they, they can muster through until then in terms of the centre half it is a weakness of them two right to the end of the season I was looking on the bench last night if one of the centre halves got injured I'm thinking who goes in there mm. they've got nobody on the bench you know it might have been Trent Arnold might have had the green centre half and Javier Mourinho coming on and playing fullback. So they are a little bit 
exposed there while them two players are out injured. So, but obviously, if they're coming back towards the end of January, there's no need to worry. Right, that's the top of the table. Uh, Liverpool 54, City on 50, Tottenham on 48. Um, who takes it from this point? What do you think? For me, Liverpool, if they keep their nerve, I think, you know, they've just got it. But if they lose another game, then the pressure becomes on. And then it's how do they respond? Can they cope with that pressure? City are champions. You know, they have got a wealth of talent coming back into the squad. You know, it's how do they respond? But I think for me, key is the next game. Go and win that next game and get yourselves back on a positive footing. That's the top of the table. Uh, Steve, a couple of quick questions, if you'll indulge me. We've got to ask you about West Ham. Of course, you were at the Brighton game, uh, whatever day of the week it was, Wednesday or something. It's all very confusing. Wednesday night, Wednesday, yes. that was it. Uh, a 2-2 draw, 2-0 to Brighton, or Corners FC, as I like to think of them. <laughs> uh, nine goals from Corners this season from their 24 score, which is an incredible record. Uh, they're just so good in those situations. Very physical, very impressive side in those situations. Uh, but what of West Ham? I want to ask you about them in the context of, of Leicester, of Watford, of Wolves and probably Everton looking 11th to 7th. They're all in a battle for what was probably going to be the last European spot. Yeah, and I think it's, it's the winner of the second league. As we say, I think the top six is done um, with now Man United kicking on. Um, it's who's going to be the best of the rest. And I think they've got as good as chance as any. Um, the game the other night, first half was horrendous. It was a terrible game of football from both teams. Um, Brighton got two quick goals, but he was trying to get Andy Carl and Anatovic partnership. It didn't quite work, and he then inverted back to, to Arnie leading the line. And he, as he's been for the last 12, 13 months, was the saviour. Two fine goals. But I think where West Ham are at at the minute is the work in progress. They've had a decent window. Last window where they brought in Diop, they brought in Anderson, and they brought in better quality of players, but I still think they're paying for the three or four windows before that where they brought in inadequate players for this level. Could do with getting some players fit as well. Uh, Jack Wilshere's played, what, five games and five minutes this season. Uh, Samir Nasri on the bench the other night, you, you a big fan of that move? Uh, listen, there's no doubt in the player's quality five, six years ago. Where he's at now with a ban, he's been out of the game now 12, 13 months. Uh, listen, at times he looked overweight at Man City and that's one of the reasons they got rid of him. Mm. Listen, it's a gamble. Probably a lot of people say uh, it's an expensive gamble, but in the Premier League it's not. If he's on 60 grand a week to the end of the season, they're taking a little educated gamble that hopefully it pays off. But for me, I'm thinking, mm, not really, in my opinion. We've had too many short-term injuries. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, short-term signings. We've got to be looking... Too many long-term injuries. Yes, long-term injuries, <laughs> short-term signings. We, we need a, a longer bigger picture we're building a team let's keep buying players in the prime for the right money because at the end of the day you get what you pay for prime example is Anderson alright I think there's more to come from him but he's nearly in d double figures um, some of the goals he scored are quality and when you pay the right money you get quality players um, elsewhere in the Premier League I wanted to ask you about the bottom of the table we're going to ask Ben Thornley about his former team Huddersfield 10 points from 21 games surely gone as no one's ever survived from that situation but the rest of it I mean what a win for Brighton 26 points probably keeps them out of it keeps their uh, their team well above the, that level I'm looking at it now thinking it might be down the bottom maybe 30 points 28 points might keep you safe Southampton in the bottom three right now third bottom on 16 yeah like I said you know apart from Huddersfield I could make a case for everyone you know 
getting out. At one stage, we thought Southampton had dead and buried. Mm. To bring in a new manager, he gets a couple of wins. It spurs them on a, a wee bit. But listen, for me, it's a dogfight between sort of five, six teams. Newcastle, Burnley, Cardiff, Southampton, Fulham and Huddersfield. They're going to be the ones. I think Palace definitely have enough to get out of it. With San, people like that there. Brighton, yeah, I think. I've got to say, I've looked at Brighton's team the other night and, and what a job Chris Hutton is doing because that is it's not a great team. And for them to, 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 to be where they're at is, is, is an absolute credit to Chris and all his staff. Yeah, great example of a, of a team playing for their manager, doing yeah. what they're told and, and overachieving. And finally, uh, before we have a chat to Ben Thornley about Man U, and he's crowing right now, it's very annoying. <laughs> um, but one final question broadly on, on what you're expecting from the second half of the Premier League season. Because we've not had too many campaigns where you've got a three-team title race, record point tallies for three teams. You've got three... <laughs> or maybe four, looking to finish in the top four uh, behind Liverpool and Man City as it stands. You've got six or seven in a, a relegation race. You've got some great footballers in the middle of the, of the league. I mean, it's just set up so nicely for the second half. What are you expecting? What are you hoping for? Well, I think, listen, more the same. I think, can Liverpool sustain it? They've had an unbelievable first half of the season. We Nobody would have thought that Man City would be chasing Liverpool. Um, they thought it... Liverpool would get close, closer to Man City. They're overachieving. Everybody thought, would Tottenham pay for no activity in the transfer window? You know, at one stage when they got beaten in the North London derby, everybody was moaning, but they are fighting on four fronts. So, you know, Pochettino's doing a great job and why he's linked with the likes of Man United. Man United with Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer going in, getting a great start, albeit against lesser teams. So I think it's it's really intriguing at the top. And like you say, it's always intriguing at the bottom <laughs> because there's a dogfight down there. And I've been down there. And the pressure is greater when you're you're fighting for survival. And all of a sudden, someone's going to win five games in a row and get out of it. It always <laughs> happens. Could be anyone. Could be Huddersfield. Who knows? I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Steve, uh, thanks for your time. Great to chat to you as ever. Uh, stay with us here on the Premier League Preview Show, Review Show. Ben Thornley is going to join us next to assess Man United on their four-game winning streak. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. 
Sanchez is arriving too. Lukaku at the edge of the penalty area to the feet of Sanchez. Gets it through to Rashford. Must make it two. Does make it two. Terrific football from Manchester United. Teamwork of the highest order. And Marcus Rashford scores once more in the Premier League. His sixth Premier League goal of the season. Right, half the season down. We've covered Man City. We've covered Liverpool. What are the rest of the Premier League? Now, Manchester United have been a big story. They're always a big story, but it just always feels that it's drama off the field that dominates Manchester United. It's been no different for the first half of this season. They've changed Jose Mourinho. They've brought in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for this interim slash caretaker slash no one else wanted the job run. And it's ended up being pretty fantastic so far. Four straight victories. Solskjaer only the second manager in United history to win his first four league games in charge. Only Samat Busby doing it back in 1946. Absolutely incredible when you look at it in those terms. Uh, ben Thornley, of course, former Manchester United winger, once at Huddersfield Town as well. He was covering United's win at Newcastle in midweek for us. And he joins me right now on this preview review show. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm all right. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Happier than you were a few weeks ago. How has Ole Gunnar Solskjaer changed things so quickly? Well, he's, um, he's come in. He's lifted the mood. He's lifted the atmosphere. There's no question about it. I think his own demeanour. Um, I remember my days of, of being there when he, he arrived at the club and straight away you just see this sort of real baby face but with a smile on it and he might be a few years older but he still looks exactly the same the way he carries himself and, and that has sort of transmitted through to, to the rest of the players and not just the players but everybody connected with the club and the people that I've spoken to behind the scenes before the Cardiff game when he first came in um, coaching staff and, and kit men alike they all said it was like a, a little bit of a pressure valve had, had been released and, uh, and of course it's results that, uh, that that's all well and good but they've, they've got to go and perform and in the last four games they've done that scored 14 goals only conceded three clean sheet they see uh, against Newcastle and and it, it, it's uh, it, it looks on the face of it as though everything's hunky-dory and everything's great but it's the it's the big fixtures that the big players have got to turn out in and, and we have one of those next Sunday against Spurs and that'll be the real, real stern test. Yeah, we're certainly looking forward to seeing how they do get on against a side who they'd expect to be up the top end of the table uh, with, but they've had teams that you'd expect them to beat, but that's not been the story for United this season and, and they are winning those games now and as you say, winning in style as well. Who are the individual performers that have stood out for you? Who's going to be the big players for Solskjaer in this five months? Well, certainly Paul Pogba needs to be that. Um, we, we haven't seen the best of him yet. We've seen glimpses, uh, but in the last three or four games, we've seen him with energy. We've seen him play with a smile on his face. And it's no coincidence that he's played more further forward. Uh, he's made more sprints. He's created goals and he's scoring goals. And that is something that we we haven't really seen. A Paul Pogba that can, can dominate in the middle of the park, but can also cause problems in the opposition penalty area. So he's got to be a big player. And we need Alexis Sanchez as well. Mm. He came on against Newcastle. He scored a... a, a he didn't score, I apologise. He created a yeah. goal. Um, and it was a clever pass. He had plenty of time, but he picked it exactly right for Marcus Rashford. And that sealed the game. And we need Alexis Sanchez as well to step up. And with those two players, 
you know, they are big, big players in anybody's side and we need them to perform for Manchester United. There's understandably, because of his profile, been a lot of focus on Paul Pogba and, and did he down tools, did he try hard enough? That debate has raged massively across the world and people listening right now, I can feel them. Their faces going red, they're frustrated that I'm even bringing it up. Pogba's great, Pogba's rubbish, it goes on forever. But it's not just Pogba, is it? You look at that game against Newcastle, I was covering the Cardiff game a couple of weeks ago whenever it was. I'm looking at Rashford, I'm looking at Martial, I'm I'm looking at Pogba, obviously. I'm thinking about Valencia, who just come back in. Ashley Young, Luke Shaw. Everyone seems to have lifted their game. Now, you can talk about what a lovely fellow Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is. Uh, you know, you, you've told me that and people have said that and yep. what he's brought to the place. But at some point, the United fans, uh, are they questioning why these guys weren't putting in what they could have done, what they patently can do? when the old manager was in charge. Oh, I'm sure that there will be some people there and and I've watched games this season that that I you know I I felt that perhaps that the whole side weren't giving 100%. Now I don't know what's gone on behind the scenes. I love Manchester United and and I want to see them do well and I, you know I work sometimes for the club and I I thoroughly enjoy watching Manchester United as I have done over the years as I did playing for them. Um but at some stage this season, in some matches, I didn't see the both when I was watching and when I was commentating, I didn't see a, a, a fully committed group of players all at, 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 at one particular time. And I think what you've seen over these last three or four games is a group of players that have uh, that have had the the leash taken off them, if you like. You know, Jose Mourinho, fantastic manager. I was excited when he got the job, but obviously things went very very wrong very very quickly mm. from the start of this season uh, and it was and it was quite evident that people that people under him and the players playing for him were unhappy as he was um whether there was a a, a, a respect thing that the, the you know the mutual respect had gone from both sides i don't know but the board made a decision they brought in somebody that they felt would would lift the club he's done that um it will be very interesting to see um what's said and how it's dealt with when united inevitably lose a game that is going to happen i don't see this united team going right the way through the rest of this season unbeaten so it is going to happen i hope it doesn't happen soon but like i said next week at spurs will be a huge huge test and you know, this play, these players against Newcastle were given a little bit of a test. The, the toughest test out of the four games that Oli Gunnar's been in charge, Spurs will take it to a whole new level. Only three points behind Arsenal now. Yeah. Uh, still in sixth as we speak, but just a few points. And then Chelsea have dropped uh, against Southampton on the Wednesday. So I think it works out as six points between United and Chelsea now. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it was like season over. We're focusing on next year. Sixth will do. Just bring me back some entertainment. Does it change now? I'm certainly thinking, oh, they're in this again, you know. Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, I watched the way Arsenal defended against Liverpool. <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking, you know, this United team can surely, you know, finish above them. Um, and we've Do got... you think that, watching that game, that we're better than these? <laughs> well, uh, I, I think most pub sides did, to be fair. <laughs> but, I mean, you have, to, you have to say that, like you said, Tommy, it, 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 it looked real doom and gloom. And that all of a sudden, not only have we taken 12 points out of 12, but we've moved our goal difference on by, you know, plus nine or plus 10, which was, you know, possibly another point. With three points off Arsenal, we've clawed another two back on Chelsea. And it is going to make it very interesting. OK, I'm not looking at the top. Mm. Um, let that take care of itself. We will just, you know, take each team as they as they sort of hove into view. And at the moment, that is Arsenal. And soon, I'm hoping, it'll be Chelsea as well. 
Um, moving forward to January, uh, we've seen Chelsea make the, the purchase of Christian Pulisic for next season. They're already thinking about what they're going to do in, in 1920. What about the January window for United? What have you heard? What do you know? Come on, give me some sweet goss. Who's coming in? Um, I haven't got a clue who's coming in. I haven't got a clue who may be going out. Who should? Uh, oof, who should come yeah, who in? Who would you like to see come in? What type of player? Um, I would like to see... Uh, <laughs> Believe it or not, I would actually like to see a, a, a Pulisic-type player. Um, I would also perhaps like to see another centre-half. Um, but whether Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be given any funds, mm. whether they will say it's a club transfer rather than something that the manager has, has identified, that will be something that I'm sure will be discussed between manager and board. Um, they're, they're obviously looking long-term for a new manager, but if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer delivers a top four place if he delivers a trophy then I think they've got a huge decision to make um, they've given him this uh, this interim role this caretaker managerial ship um, in, for me, in my eyes with a view to making sure that they get their, their long term appointment but if if they continue to perform like this and, and, and he you know brings success to the club this season then like I said they have got a very very difficult choice to make I mean if he usurps Arsenal above, above Chelsea takes fourth in the Premier League which is, is realistic and it's Reading in the FA Cup this weekend and you know the usual Dolly fixture for Man U at Old Trafford third round at home on the telly obviously for no reason no bitterness there Tom, no it's Tom, very annoying that? I have to keep watching them <laughs> it's very annoying Man U at Reading come on no one wants to watch anyway so you've got your dirty fixture, obviously, you know, the op balls and all that, right? So what I want to know is what's the likelihood for you, Solskjaer's days? Do you think there is any thought in the Glazers or Ed Woodward or anyone that he does stay? Do you think Solskjaer believes he can stay and do it? Um, I think that he'd like to. Um, I, I, I can't see anybody being offered the job of Manchester United manager turning it down. Mm. Um, at this stage of the proceedings, even with how well he's set off with four wins out of four and, and the goals that they've scored and, and the entertaining football at times that they have played in certain matches, I still feel as though their search for another manager is either A, still going on, or B, they have identified who they want already. Um, and it's up to the team and Oli Gunnar to, to try and change their minds. Do want to move on to some other topics. Got to ask you about Huddersfield Town. A terrible performance and result again for them against Burnley. 10 points in the Premier League after 21 games. Um, I won't put it as crudely as some have here at TalkSport. We're going to ask Ben next. Are they the worst side in Premier League history? Will they get 20 points this campaign? And, and what do they need in January? Plus the rest of the, the situation at the bottom as well. Stay with us. It's the Premier League preview show. Review show for the FA Cup third round weekend. Stay with us. Right, let's move to the bottom half of the table. Ben Thornley's with us here, former Manchester United, former Huddersfield Town man. Uh, and I've got to ask you about Huddersfield Town. Now, I know you were covering the, the Manchester United game in midweek, so you didn't have the chance to, to watch their game against Burnley. I did, and, and uh, it was a great goal by Steve Mounier. got to give him that. Finally, a striker scored. First time this season. Great cross, great header. They scored. Then it all kind of falls apart from then. Schindler with a second yellow. Apparently, he didn't know he was booked for the first one, which is why he was so upset when the, the second yellow came out. But... It's 10 points. It's 10 points from 21 games uh, this Premier League season. I think it's eight consecutive losses in the Premier League. They're eight points adrift of Cardiff, 
who we thought would go down with them. And, and they've got a great fighting spirit and obviously a manager who, who won't take no for an answer. Let's put it that way, uh, with, with Neil Warnock. Uh, and they're fighting for every point. Southampton picking up points. Fulham could score goals and they've got a chance. What are Huddersfield going to do to survive? Is there any scenario from here they do survive? And I'll put it to you. Are they the worst team in Premier League history? Well, I, I, even if... Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to say that the worst team in history. I mean, the, the points tally at the end of the season will, uh, will, will denote that, I suppose. But... The real problem is is scoring goals. I mean, when you when you get into the turn of the year and your 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 main striker or one of your two main strikers is only just scoring his first goal, and the other one, Depoitre, De, De yeah. I don't think he scored either. Um, the guy that they, they were reliant on in creating and scoring, Aaron Moy, I think he'd only scored two. Mm. He's now injured. Um, Zanka. I think scored at Old Trafford on Boxing Day, uh, and he's their top scorer with three goals, and he's a centre half. Yeah. So they really need to find somebody very, very quickly. Uh, and that, unfortunately, will mean them going into the transfer market now. Do they do it in, in you know, looking towards next season and rebuilding and perhaps coming back up as a stronger outfit? Or are they going to try and put all their eggs in one basket and do what is looking like nigh on impossible now and, and trying to survive for this season? I thought they did extremely well to do it last year mm. with some great results at the end of the season. Uh, I think this year is a step too far for them. When the best player being injured, they've got to give it a go. I think they've got to go and get somebody anyway because they need somebody who can score some goals. Uh, Bristol City in the cup. Now, usually when Championship plays Premier League, the Premier League size the favourite, whether home or away, but uh, the bookies tell us that Bristol City are favourites to win that game in the FA Cup this weekend. And then in the Premier League, when we come back on the, the 12th of January weekend, it's a trip to Cardiff City. Now, if they don't win, and I, I don't even think a draw is anywhere near enough. I know we've still got 18-odd games to go, but it's not enough. If they don't win at Cardiff on the 12th, what happens next? Do do they maybe shake hands and move on? David Wagner, I mean, he's done a great job, but he can get a better job than this, can't he? Surely, if he's not getting the resources, why would he stay there? And teams would want him, wouldn't they? Well, I'm sure they would, yeah. I, and, and I was speaking with a, an, ex, uh, an ex-colleague of mine from my Huddersfield days who's still there at uh, the game at Old Trafford on Boxing Day. And he said that he's fantastic, David Wagner. Uh, he's got a really good... Uh, relationship with the, the the chairman Dean Hoyle, who's done wonders for the club, no question about it. But when you look at the fix, they, they say they've got Cardiff, they've already played Burnley, they've mm. already played Fulham recently, and they are the three teams that are that are you know directly above them. Often lost. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and they've lost them all. So that you know indicates to me that, that they've they've played the teams around them twice now, and and the fixtures that they've got left are, are going to be, you know, moving up the table in terms of positions. And I just can't see where they're going to win. If they don't beat Cardiff, I I, I think that you can, as as much as I would hate to say it, because I've got a huge fondness for the mm. club, um, that if they don't beat Cardiff, it will be, and, and now on miraculous escape if they were if they were to stay up. Yeah, great campaign last year, but but just didn't. I I felt this in the summer. They didn't give David Wagner Premier League money to stay in the Premier League, and and that's what happens. But mind you, Fulham got Premier League money, uh, and they sit just above them in the relegation places. Fourteen points from twenty-one games played, just three wins. Of course, that vital victory uh, over Huddersfield a couple of games ago, thrashed by Arsenal on New Year's Day. Of course, if we were to look at that, that six teams down the bottom, I think Crystal Palace on twenty-two, they're going to be absolutely fine. Uh, you watch Newcastle. Castle in midweek, of course, tough to judge against Man United. You watched Cardiff recently as well, again, in the same scenario. If you're looking at that six right now, what's the points 
line for you this year? I mean, I think 34 with West Bromwich Albion is the, the lowest total to have survived. Are we going to see someone on 28, 27 stay up? Uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised that you said 34, actually, because you're looking at that and I'm, I'm pretty sure that that is going to be much less. I think it's going to be much less. Uh, I mean, Bright, uh, uh, sorry, not Brighton, Bournemouth, um, are, are pretty much in free fall at the moment. And you just think that... You know, they're on 27 right yeah, now. That's, that's about it. Anybody anybody from there below and Brighton and Bournemouth are, what, 12th? They can easily be dragged mm. into it with a couple of bad results. And, and Bournemouth are the epitome of that with the, the games that they've lost recently. So, yeah, it's... Um, it, it, it's going to be a low total, I think, a very low total. You're watching Newcastle, of course, uh, in midweek. I, I'm desperately trying not to ask you about they need money, they've got to keep Rafa. I'm trying desperately not to ask you that question, but they need money and they've got to keep Rafa, right? That's the only. <laughs> that's that's it, basically. We, there's nothing else to say. They need some extra bodies, need better players, uh, and Rafa needs to be backed. Or, quite frankly, I, I kind of feel like he needs to walk away from it now. Because, you know, eventually, you know, your wife ain't going to stop cheating on you. Do you no. know what I mean? You've got to leave her. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very... I mean, he's a super manager, Rafa Benitez. You know, everybody knows that. And he's done a great job with Newcastle in a very short space of time. But they haven't got the players. Um, they did pose Manchester United a few problems on, on Wednesday night, but not anywhere near what they would like for, for being at home and, and having the, the, the decent record that they've got and indeed that Rafa Benitez has got against Manchester United. Mm. Uh, they left Rondon isolated. Um, he probably had about seven touches in the whole of the game. Didn't have a shot on target. Uh, Matt Ritchie playing on what, um, you know, playing out wide as a wing back. But even when he did get into crossing, uh, crossing areas, and we all know what a very, very good delivery he can put in with his left foot. Um, I think the the first cross that came in of any note was in the you know the 87th minute or something. So they they haven't really got that that creativity apart from Shelby. And you know at times he you know lets himself down. And I, I yeah. thought the tackle on uh, on Paul Pogba with his studs was was missed obviously by Andre Mariner because it wasn't nice as was uh, Lascelles tackle on under Herrera which could quite easily have resulted in a red instead of a mm. yellow. Um, some would say it's, it's fighting spirit, though. Shelby certainly w was massively over the top and may well face further punishment. We don't know as we record the programme if there is, but terrible, terrible challenge. But uh, a Burnley, great victory for them. Fulham, I think they can score goals. Southampton getting a point at Chelsea. I mean, everything kind of goes against Huddersfield. If you were to look at, at those places now, and someone always goes on the run, and, and people have said about Southampton, Ralph Harsenhutl is the kind of manager that will get guys running, guys playing, nicking points. If you're not on it, they'll get something from you. And they showed that uh, against Chelsea and they showed that in the first couple of games he had in charge one was at, at Huddersfield I mean who would you say is going to be the three at the halfway stage do you see anyone else falling into it uh, I mean Crystal Palace 22 we, we kind of think they're safe but Brighton you know maybe at 26 it's, <laughs> Probably it's a really it's a really tough call because you know the all of a sudden like to like you know the the Southampton game at Chelsea I thought that was a given. Mm. At Stamford Bridge, I thought it was a given, but they've shown, they've, they've come under a new manager and they've shown some battling qualities, Southampton. And yes, they're still in the bottom three, but they probably could quite easily have been a lot closer to Huddersfield. It, it's it's a real, real tough one to call because there are so many teams down there. Uh, and if you put a little run together of maybe two, three, four, unbeaten, then you could find yourself virtually halfway up the table. And similarly, yeah. you lose a couple and you suck straight back into it. 
Uh, a couple of broad questions as we end this preview show, reviewing what's happened in the first half of the season, plus a couple of games, because it just makes sense to do it third round, doesn't it? Um, what are you expecting to see in, in the second half of this season? We've seen um, the top two streak away with it in a lot of ways. We've seen Tottenham then go on a charge around December. We've seen a big bunched-up mid-table trying to finish seventh. Leicester probably down to Everton trying to do that. You've got six teams that, that might go down. Are you expecting any surprises? Are you expecting some big-money transfers in January? What's going to change dramatically for you in the second half of this season? Um, well, I'm hoping Manchester United's position, obviously. <laughs> um, it's been a, a real topsy-turvy season for them, but they've they've shown signs that they can they can claw the way back, not just into the top six, but certainly towards the top four as well. Uh, the bottom of the table is going to be very, very interesting. Um, we've spoken about Huddersfield, and it does look like if they don't beat Cardiff, they're going to go. Um it, Look at the, some of the results that some of the teams have had. Leicester beating beating City, uh, beating Chelsea, mm. then losing to Cardiff, and uh, and then bouncing straight back and, and winning at Everton. So you know that it, it, it's um it's a very very strange league. Uh, Wolves winning at Spurs, and then it, you know they can they can go on a, a little bit of They'll a lose run against and, and do nothing. Uh, it's a uh, it's very strange. I. Uh, the one thing that we that we you know we we definitely um, I think all agreed on is that the the league is probably going to go to either Manchester or Liverpool. Mm. Uh, yeah, said through gritted teeth. What will you do <laughs> on that day? We just go out. Go to the shops, not watch the football. Nah, it's a it's a real tough one. It's like picking between the two people that have slept with your wife. <laughs> Well, is something that's wrong with us? Is, is, are we worried about our wives cheating on us in this show? That's two jokes. It's strange. I, I don't. I trust you, love. If you're listening, I trust you implicitly. Um, uh, we are recording before Liverpool against Man City, but it is worth asking you who you fancy for the title for the second half of this season. Um, I think that it goes a long way if if uh, to Liverpool if they win yeah. uh, the Etihad, but I don't think they will. Well, we're going to play this uh, after it's happened, so we'll see. Uh, either way, do the other line as well. We'll cut the other one out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. Ben Thornley, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much indeed for Manchester United and Huddersfield Town man Ben Thornley with us on the preview show, reviewing uh, the first half of this season. Of course, it's FA Cup third round this weekend. Uh, some great ties in there as well. Friday night, Tranmere against Tottenham. Look out for that one. If it's not happened already by the time you hear this programme, uh, United against Reading. Of course, it's on TV for some reason. I don't know. Uh, West Ham against Birmingham City. Almost 50,000 tickets already sold for that one. Uh, very impressive. A lot of teams can't sell uh, tickets in the FA Cup. Good pricing there at West Ham. Forest going to Chelsea. Uh, Derby against Southampton. Not quite sure the Premier League side are going to be favourites in that one. Look out for Huddersfield against Bristol City as well. Potential upset there. Uh, Fulham up against Oldham is not going to be easy. I'm sure there's going to be teams making 10, 12, 15, 700 changes, changing their own ground, doing everything they can. Uh, and look out for a couple as well. Wokey against Watford. Newport County against Leicester. And it all rounds up with Wolves against Liverpool. Uh, hopefully there won't be too many weakened sides. Uh, listen, that's the FA Cup. That's all to come this weekend. We're back with the Premier League preview show next week. Um, thanks to Steve Lomas and Ben Thornley for joining us. Uh, Dave Walker's going to be back with me next week for a preview show. We'll see you then. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. 
be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 